Welcome to the Knoxville Christian Center podcast, where everybody is somebody and Jesus is Lord. It is God's plan for every man to be blessed, for every woman to be blessed by working hard and providing for himself and his family or herself and her family. The primary responsibility of the government is public safety, not to feed us and to clothe us. That's our own personal responsibility. Just pay close attention because I'm always uh, teaching the Word of God. You just need to know what the Word of God is. We live in difficult days when there's some really radical, crazy things being taught in other churches and in schools and our universities. We just need to know what the Word of God says. It's my goal to preach the full gospel, all of it. My favorite thing is to preach on faith and deliverance and healing and restoration. Uh, but there's a lot more in the Bible. And if you want to be healed and delivered and be healthy, you also need to know some key things. And one of them is just plain no hard work. In America, we have the freedom. To move up the ladder, uh, uh, training, going to college, hard work, all make a difference. Some had rather use drugs, abuse alcohol, and party. Therefore, they live on the street. You have income inequality because a lot of people choose it. They'd rather sh- shoot up drugs and chase wild women or wild men. <laughs> Smoke everything that they can. And just let let it all hang out. And then uh, people come along and say, well, this is because the, of the evils of capitalism. No, it's not. It's because people choose poverty. Some people choose to live a life that will destroy them and destroy them economically, financially. Uh, <clears throat> I made up my mind. Many years ago, his church was still over there, that I was going to go downtown. I was going to bring all the homeless into church. I was going to get them all saved, spirit-filled, give them all a bath, help them get some training, and go to work. How many know that's a noble goal? The only problem is, very often, they don't want that. They like exactly what they're doing. I bust in up to 150. I sent three buses downtown. But every homeless person in Knoxville, or at least a big percentage of them, were in this church. They wouldn't, there's a mission there, they could go take a bath. On Sunday morning, they would not go over and take a bath. They come to church dirty with an unbelievable odor. The odor was so bad in the church, people came to me and said, We can't breathe. <laughs> You're going to have to do something. So we installed charcoal filters in the air conditioners and the heater, heating system, and it made it a little better. Uh, we did this for like a year or two. I don't remember how long we did do it. And uh, they would stand on the sidewalk when our members come in and smoke and blow smoke on our members. And uh, we had a hallway right down through here on that side. And it went into the bathrooms. And the ladies were afraid to go to the bathroom because these guys were standing. Most of them were men. All of them were men. They would stand there, remember. They'd all stand there in the hallway and stare at the women and make silly uh, comments and stuff, and they were afraid to even go to the bathroom. And so these people would stand and brag about, well, the only reason we come is because of the free food. Uh, we cook, we cook uh, food for all of those people every Sunday. And uh, they kept saying, well, the only reason I'm coming is for the food. 
And I thought, well, after about a year or so, I thought, I'm going I'm to check that out. I'm going to check this out. And so I announced, uh, next Sunday, we're not going to be cooking. We will come and get you and bring you to church, but we'll not be coming. Guess how many showed up? About five. They didn't want our help. After a year or two, they, they, they were still coming dirty. They weren't taking a bath. They were not interested in getting a job and going to work. They were totally content just to be the way they were on the street. And there's four or five of them got cleaned up, got good jobs. But the rest of them, that was what they chose. Now, some people are mentally ill that's on the street. And some we brought in here were mentally ill. And I identified quite well with them. And uh, <clears throat> that's because the secular humanist got the idea that these people need to be free. They had a, we had a Lakeshore that were, were mentally ill people were kept. I went in there to visit some people and I was able to get out. <clears throat> Thank the Lord. And uh, uh, I would go over and visit with people. But the... They were in, the government was influenced to shut that down, and, and the people just went on the street. We got crazy people living on the street all over America because the government stuck their nose into something that they should have left along. I mean, mentally ill people do not need to be on the street. And something needs to change about that now. Wanting to help everybody except the mentally ill. What's wrong with this country? And don't be trying to lock me up. But if some people need help, somebody say amen. amen. So there's people on the street who just want to be there, and others are mentally ill and don't have any choice. Second Thessalonians 3.10 says, For even when we were with you, we commanded you this. I'm just trying to show you what the Christian work ethic is. You don't have to believe it, but I'm telling you, this is what it is. Second Thessalonians 3.10 For even when we were with you, we commanded you this. If anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. The government needs to put up a big sign <laughs> in every government office. We're not giving you anything unless you get a job and go to work. Amen. We'll give you a little money to get you started and get you going, but you're going to have to get a job and go to work. Now, I'm talking about able-bodied people. There's some people uh, that have physical uh, problems. And some military people have their legs shot off. And people like that really need our help. And that's why it says that we are to support the needy. Amen. We're to give to people who can't work. But people who refuse to work, it says, do not feed them. And over the years, I've had several cases like this. But I remember one guy in particular really stood out. Uh, he had some talent and ability. He could really work and get things done, but he had a high temper, and he's all, he just can, could be just outright smart, Ellie. <laughs> yeah. We got along just fine, but he'll get into a battle with his boss and just stomp out and quit. That happened several times, and then he'd come to us. You got to help me because I don't have a job. And finally, I said, the pastor, I, mean, I don't normally handle that, but I got involved. I said, look, we're not giving you any more money. Do you get a job and keep it? Oh, he pouted. He got all upset about that. I said, no, you can work. You have talent and ability. You get out there and go to work and make your own bread. And that's what he did. If a guy will not work, don't feed him. I mean, everybody can get mad and quit. You got to hang in there. 
and God will help you. John Uchai, like I said, he had many opportunities to quit because the bosses mistreated him. But every time the boss got fired and God kept John right in the same position with the same company all these years. Quit depending on yourself and your ability and your talent and the boss depend on God. Verse 11, for we hear that there are some who walk among you in a disorderly manner, not working at all. But our busy bodies, when people do not work, they become busy bodies. Okay. Verse 12. Now those who are such, we command and exhort through our Lord Jesus Christ that they work in quietness and eat their own bread. That's the Christian work ethic. Well, I don't believe it. Well, it's worked in this country for two or three hundred years. Okay. That's always been our work ethic in America. God says, do not feed the person who has the ability to work but won't. That's the key, ability to work but won't. 1 Timothy 5, 8. But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. An infidel is not going to heaven. And it says, you're worse than somebody that's not going to heaven if you do not provide. Now, like I said, there's some people who can't, sick, have problems. We are to help them in any way we can. Uh, but God will help them most of all if they put their faith in him and not in the government and not in other people. Your faith has to be in God. Even infidels provide for their family. But we are to help those who honestly need help. Proverbs twenty-eight twenty-seven. I do preach whole messages on this, but I'll just throw this one in here. He who gives to the poor will like nothing. God blesses people who bless needy people. If you want to be blessed, give to needy people. If you want to... Become a needy person. Quit giving to needy people. You have a choice. You can be the one begging and always asking for help. Or you can be the giver. That's your choice. If you'll start giving out of the little bit you now have, God will bless you and promote you. And you can become a giver. And you're the one giving to the needy and not being the needy that that need everyone else to help you. That's the way it works. If you want to be blessed, be a blessing. God, and and here again, God has to direct you. You you don't just go around giving to everybody because you'll give to people to waste your money. And then when someone comes along that really needs your help, you won't have it. And that's one, that's the main thing with this church in giving. If we give all of our money to people who won't work, then when people who really need it need money, we won't be able to give them anything because we've already given it all away. Does that make sense? God promises to bless those who help people in trouble, but we cannot continue to help if they refuse to work. It is not the government's responsibility to feed people. Uh, it is our responsibility. It's the government's responsibility to protect us, and they're not even doing that. People have been murdered all around us all the time, raped and murdered all over this country. Like, I mean, I've been around a long time and living the whole time in America. I've never seen such vicious crime all over the place. The government needs to step up and take care of this. (laughs) And that's where we come in. 
We have got to get ourselves to the polls and vote, vote for people who have a Christian ethic. Amen. The school board, that's the place to start. That's where our kids are really learning a lot of really crazy things because we're too lazy to go vote for school board members. Get out and vote for good, godly school board members and you can change the school. And have them taught uh, Christian principles instead of uh, Marxist principles. You see, God has given, uh, given some people the... The gift of giving so they can help needy people. And we need to be giving in every way. And we need to take our responsibility also to make sure we elect people who keeps America free. And who will give people the opportunity to continue to fulfill their God-given call. All men are created equal. They are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. And where did that come from? From the Bible. It is God's will that all men be free so they can pursue their own dreams. God wants you to do what he's called you to do and what he wants you to do, not what the government wants you to do. He has plans to prosper you, plans to give you hope in the future. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, plans to give you a hope in the future. So how many of you want God's planning, want God planning your life and not the government? He's got a plan for me. Uh, but if I lived in China, they wouldn't let me do it. That's the big difference. Exodus chapter 3 verse 17. I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt. Now this shows you God's plan. And I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt into a land of the Canaanites. Unto a land flowing with milk and honey. The atheists would say God gave them land belonging to someone else. No, all land belongs to God and he gives it to whom he pleases. God brought his people to the promised land because he wanted them to own property. And uh, the exodus out of Egypt, exodus out of slavery, is symbolic of our deliverance from Satan's slavery, from the old slave master of the devil through the blood of Jesus Christ. We're delivered out of slavery. We bought and paid for. We now belong to the Lord. We belong to him. And he has brought us out of Satan's affliction into a land flowing with milk and honey. He has a promised land for every one of us, a land flowing with milk and honey. It may never look like somebody else's promised land, but God has a place where you can be prosperous, where you can be happy and fulfilled in life. You just need to follow God, believe God. And like he led Abraham of old to, uh, to his promised land, he'll lead you to yours. And just... Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know if I should run or what. <laughs> but any, anyway, the exodus is symbolic of what has happened to you. God has brought you out of Satan's captivity and Satan's, Satan's bondage and delivered you from Satan's strongholds so you can be free and live life. And you need to keep the government out of your way so you can... Fulfill the call of God on your life. And thank God, America, with all its problems, we still have that freedom. I wouldn't be able to preach this in China. I wouldn't be able to preach this in Cuba. I'd get shot. <laughs> but America, 
of all of our problems, it's still the best place on earth. And instead of criticizing America, we need to clean her up. We need to clean her up. Turn this thing around. And only the church is going to do that. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. Anybody believe that? It's up to God's people. It's up to the church. It's up to born-again believers. I have said I will bring you up out of the, the affliction of Egypt, out of the bondage of Satan, into a land flowing with milk and honey. A land, all land belongs to God, and he can bless us with any piece of it that he wants us to be blessed with. Uh, if you live in an apartment and you want to buy a house, ask God to give you a house and he'll work it out so you can own your own property. You might even be able to buy the whole apartment uh, complex that you live in. Let God lead you and guide you. He can bless you. You live in America. If you work hard and save you money, you could buy the whole co- apartment complex. Okay. Get a vision, get a dream. Little David was uh, Joseph. Little Joseph, I preached about the other day. Uh, he was able to accomplish great things because he started with a dream. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to bless you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. That's what uh, Joseph was living out. It sure didn't look too good at first, but when he came to the end of his situation, he was promoted to governor over Egypt. Joshua chapter 14, verse 11. Can y'all listen fast? Okay, listen fast. Okay. I'm running out of time. I am still as strong today. That's Caleb. Caleb, I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. Listen to this. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. God blessed Caleb and kept him healthy and well until he was 85 so he could go in and take the promised land. Why did he have to wait? Because God couldn't take them in to all the doubters and unbelievers died off. And when they all died off, there was two left that had believed God just to Joshua and Caleb. And they got to go into the promised land. And Caleb said to Joshua, God promised me this land over here. And I want you to give me permission. Uh, Joshua was God's leader. And so Caleb felt a need to get his permission. He said, I want you to give me permission to take what God promised me. And he says, I'm still able at 85 to do it because God promised me that. And he has kept me healthy and well so I could do it. So let me do it. Joshua said, go. And so he went in and took that land. It just so happened that's the land where the giants lived. That's what caused Israel... To, to turn and refuse to go into the promised land. And Caleb says, let me at him. And he went in and took it. Because God said, you can have it. Just because God gives you a promise doesn't mean you can go sit on the sofa and drink tea. Okay. And we like sweet tea. Oh, thank God for sweet tea. Just don't overindulge. Okay. But uh, you got to go to work. Poor boy I was. Grew up on a farm. I was chopping wood, milking cow, chasing pigs when everybody else was playing football. I was the star of nothing. Nobody, most people didn't even know who I was. And I had to make up my mind. Am I going to be content? 
just to do nothing or I'm going to follow the dream of God and I'm, God's called me to be a preacher and I'm going to do the best I can. So I went to college. Why are you going to college? God calls you to preach. You don't need to go to college. I said, well, I want to be the best educated preacher I possibly can. I don't want to be ignorant and I may not be the smartest knife in the drawer, sharpest knife in the drawer, but I, I can learn. So I went to college, had to work my way through. Dad, my daddy wouldn't give me one dime. He said, I've got eight kids. I can't afford to send. I was the oldest. I can't afford to send all eight to college, so I'm not sending you. One excuse is as good as another. <laughs> and so I said, okay, I don't care. So I just went to work, worked my way through college. Seminary, I knew God wouldn't be a preacher. And I know some people call it a cemetery. And it can be if you're not really called to God. But I was called to God. And I, I actually went to a seminary, fairly liberal. And God helped me and, and helped me pay my way. And I just kept going. A few years ago, I went back and got an earned doctorate. Why? Because I want to do the best I can. I want to be the best I can possibly be in what I'm doing. Well, you're not the best. Well, I'm trying to be the best. <laughs> verse, 40, uh, verse 14. So Hebron has belonged to Caleb ever since because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel. Here's the key. Wholeheartedly. Because he, Caleb, followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. And I hope at the end of my days they can say, Barry Cumberson followed the Lord, the God of uh, his God followed the Lord wholeheartedly. You see, God has a promised land for all of his people, and no government has a right to take it away. We're born free, so let's just stay free. Once it's gone, you won't ever get it back. Karl Marx, in the Communist Manifesto, you can Google it and read it just like I did. Uh, Karl, Karl Marx, in the Communist Manifesto, writes, and I read it and, and wrote this quote directly from the Communist Manifesto. He says, in this sense, the theory of the communists may be summed up in the single sentence, in the single sentence, abolition of private property. The number one goal of the communists and the Marxists is to take away everything you own and make you their slave. That's it. I read it right from the Communist Manifesto. Uh, the goal of the Marxist is to take over all businesses, companies, corporations, private property, and all political power. How do I know that? Soviet Union, China, you know, uh, Cuba, North Korea, and many other communist nations. They all take away all the private property. The government owns everything, and you have to get their permission practically to go to the bathroom. You want that in America? It's coming. It's on the way. They're teaching this stuff in our schools right now. We can stop it by praying and voting for godly people. People who, will, who believe in the parable of the talents. That's a good place to start. You need to teach this to your children, the parable of the talents. That's God's plan for your life. Take what you have and multiply it. You see, this is what they did in the Soviet Union in China and Cuba. They took away all private property. There, was, uh, there are people right now in America advocating for the abolition of private property. In the July issue, uh, the July 2020 issue of Teen Vogue, they're really going after our teenagers. 
uh, there was an article advocating the end of private property. I saw it and read it. End of people owning their own house, their own property. That's where America, that's not where America's going. That's where some people trying to force America to go. We're America. We can say no. And you, you can't be, you can't be quiet anymore. You've got to start speaking up. I'm going with God. I'm going with the Bible. I'm staying free. When I was coming along, uh, Soviet Union was a great threat. And I heard people all the time saying, I'd rather be dead than red. Better be dead than red. I'd rather be dead and be a slave to the government. So in the July, you can, you can Google this stuff and look it up just like me. In the July 2020 issue of Teen Vogue, there was an article advocating the end of private property. Once the government takes over private property, they have total control of our lives. We become their slaves. The communist code words are income inequality. And you hear that every day all over the place in America. Of course, everybody doesn't believe it, but there's people trying to force that on us. Better wake up. Income, inequality, and abolition of private rights. When you hear those two things, run like crazy because you really are in danger. Uh, the commonest code words, listen for them, are income, inequality, and abolition of private property. When you hear these words, take off. Cuba, believe it or not, it, some of them actually said it. I've read their writings. Cuba, Cuba is their model because they have... Uh, equity forced on them by the government. So they want us to be like Cuba, to have the government forcing us to all be equal and all own nothing. <laughs> Just like in Cuba. But the thing is, the Cuban people hate it. They're always trying to escape and get out of there. And their goal is to come to America. If America is such a horrible place, why is everybody trying to come here? Because of all of our problems, it's still the best place on earth. If the Marxists take America, all freedom will be gone from the entire world. Because America has been the one that's protected the small little nations all over the whole world, keeping them free. America rebuilt Europe. America's an evil place. They want to dominate the whole world. Lie, lie, lie. Because if they wanted to, they could have taken over all of Europe. America had taken all over Europe because they were annihilated. But instead, we rebuilt them and let them keep their freedom. We're free. We say we just stay free. It is God's plan for every man to be blessed, every woman to be blessed by working hard and providing for himself and family. All men are created equal and they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights that don't give them up. It is God's will that we all be free so we can pursue our own dreams just as in the case of the parable of the talisman. You've been listening to the Knoxville Christian Center podcast. Click subscribe so you don't miss Dr. Barry Culberson's weekly messages. For more information or to email a comment, head over to KnoxvilleChristianCTR.org. Coming up next week will be part one of Our Promised Land. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a message. The Knoxville Christian Center, where everybody is somebody and Jesus is Lord.